everybody, and welcome to Comical Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Corbett, and with me is Miguel Garza. We also have in the room... Heather. Just Heather. Of course. <laughs> and we have a very special guest today, Mr. Peter Samedi. Hello. How's everybody today? Doing good. How are you, Pete? I'm doing good. Did I pronounce your name correctly? Yeah, yeah, that's actually that's actually good. Some people add in all kinds of letters in there. I get like him and Eddie, or Symmetry. Uh, <laughs> they get the R in there. Uh, it must be like a silent letter that I'm not aware of that they're pronouncing, but hey, so you guys nailed it. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about comics, first of all. Okay. Uh, we, read, we, we read a lot of books this week. Last week, we didn't pick everything up right away because we had uh, Comic Palooza, mm-hmm. and we were a little short on cash. So this week, we read all the books we didn't read last week, plus all the stuff that was new. And there's a lot of really good books this week. It was really hard to come to a top two. Uh, Miguel, what were your top two books? First of all, I want to say you turned this into a job, man. I was having fun. Now I got to read, read. It's like I'm being forced to read. <laughs> Now that I went on my little rant, <laughs> my top two. Uh, the Woods was my number two book. Uh, as you know, it's the book where the high school gets transported to some weird planet in the middle of nowhere, and they're trying to figure out what to do, and the, some of the kids go out on their own, and you know the, the faculty there wants to come up with a plan and don't want to listen to the children who actually are on top of everything. Yeah, The Woods was actually my number one book for the week. Uh, I thought it was fantastic. Now that they're in the woods, they've been there for a little while. They're trying to establish kind of an order of the way they're going to do things. Like the teachers are definitely trying to keep control. The principal's trying to control all the kids. And then the student council is doing their own thing. And then the little group that went off on their own little expedition is encountering all kinds of interesting wildlife and things. Oh, yeah, that was pretty cool. That's, uh, I enjoyed the book. It's a good book. Uh, so that's why it was my number two. Okay, what was your number one? <laughs> you're going to think crazy of me, but Nailbiter was my number one. Well, you're pretty crazy. We already knew that. <laughs> so Nailbiter was my number one. Uh, as you know, it's basically about all the... Uh, psychopaths in the one town and the one guy who uh, eats nails and keeps people alive and lets them grow and eats them again. And uh, it's very interesting. You went to college with that guy. (laughs) (laughs) That guy is crazy. And the entire town is like really weird. I mean, it's because there's a bunch of supposedly it's like this. It's a breeding ground for serial killers. Like in that universe, 16 of the most well-renowned serial killers have come from this one town. And you're finally getting to see a little bit more about the other killers instead of just the main guy. Yeah, and the sheriff is best friends with the nail-biter guy. Yeah. That was her prom date. <laughs> Which is interesting. Yeah, it's really good. It's getting inter- more interesting as it goes on. You're seeing some other crazy guy out there, and it, I, I like it. It's dark. It's sinister. My kind of book, and that's why it was my number one. Yeah, I liked it. It didn't quite make my top two, but Ooh. it was really enjoyable. <laughs> uh, as far as my number two book, I picked Rise of the Magi by Mark Silvestri. Okay. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I read the issues in number zero at free comic book day. And it's basically about this kid who they live in a world of magic. Everybody has the ability to do different things. And the kid, his basic magic ability is that he's really good at repairing carpets, which is kind of a crappy. ability. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the Aladdin? <laughs> but his, his older brother is like the leader of the main security force for the King. Like they're the biggest and best magic users in the world. And so he looks up to his brother and whatever. But they also have kind of an intimate relationship, and he goes to the palace to try to pay, play a prank on his brother. And what ends up happening is all kinds of craziness. Like It's all about the orb. Yeah, there's this orb that's basically the center of all magic in that universe. And the captain of the guard hatches this plan to steal a piece of the orb for himself so he can become basically all-powerful. And the little kid stumbles upon it when the captain tries to stop him, his brother and all the other armed forces come in. And that's where issue zero kind of leads off. Uh, issue one takes place immediately following that, and I don't want to spoil anything, but it's a really fun book. Yeah, don't forget about the brother's horse. Yeah, there's, there's all <laughs> kinds of mystical creatures, and everybody has magic powers, so there's all kinds of really cool imagery in the book. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I just don't like the ending. I thought the ending was fine, but I don't want to go into too much. Anywhere detail. else it could have gone, it would have been so much better. But what, what, Come on. Stay in your world. I understand that. Don't go where you went. Uh, it's going to be hard for me to read book two. I picked it up. I'm going to probably pick it up and give, keep going with it and see where it goes, but... I would have liked if they would have stayed near, you know, their area. I really enjoyed it. That's just me. No, I, I know how you are. <laughs> as far as pick of the week, we had the same book. That's I know right. That. <laughs> uh, Big Trouble in Little China. Oh, yeah. <laughs> from Boom Studios. Jack Burt. <laughs> uh, you know, we, we grew up, we're big fans of that that movie. <laughs> you ever seen that movie, Peter? Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> so, uh... Big Trouble in China, the comic, takes place immediately following the events of the movie. Uh, he resumes being a trucker and tries to go about his normal life and get away from Lopan and all the crazy stuff that happened in the movie. And he keeps getting sucked back into that world. Lopan's lieutenants are out looking for him. Uh, there's all kinds of consequences because he was the person that actually took Lopan out. 
Yep. And uh, it's just a fun ride. It has the same vibe as the movie did. It was all on and a it's just really enjoyable. Movie. Yeah. <laughs> if you enjoy the movie, you'll enjoy the book. So it's re- a fun book. I highly recommend picking it up. Yeah, I loved it from the beginning to the end. I was like, this is a great book. I'm actually going to let my dad read it because he's probably going to love it too. So the next thing. You want to shill? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, folks, but we got to do a little bit of shilling. We're still trying to make a little bit of money off of our sponsor. Uh, if you like the show and you want to support the show, go to audibletrial.com slash comical and sign up for a free audio book and a free 30-day trial with Audible. Right, and free. They have over 150,000 titles to choose from. You can basically choose anything you'd like to listen to, and you get one free download. If you like the service, it's fourteen ninety nine to continue with it. And if you don't like the service, you can cancel it with no charge, and we will still get credit for it. So, oh. Keywords. Free download. <laughs> sign up for free. 30 days free. You can cancel the time you want. Sign up right now. <laughs> <laughs> So do us a favor and go check that out and support the show, guys. All right. Yes. Now we'll do it in Spanish. Go ahead. Uh, I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> no hablo espanol. <laughs> but your name is Chimmy. <laughs> I like the food. I just can't speak the language. I got you. That's horrible. <laughs> well, the next thing on the agenda is we want to talk a little bit to Peter and have him tell us a little bit about his upcoming project, The Chair. Gotcha. So, Peter, you want to take it away? Yeah, sure. Um, did you guys read the, uh, the graphic novel? I read the first two chapters that you posted online not so long ago, and I was really enjoying it. Oh, okay. It's actually it's actually up today right now um, on Twitter for free. Okay. If you guys want to go on over and, and download it. We'll definitely do that. So, um, yeah, basically, uh, the chair, it's about this character, uh, Richard Sullivan, and he's an innocent guy on death row. He basically got put into death row because of all these circumstances that revolved around his boss's kid murdered. Um, at the same place where uh, where they worked, uh, there was like a daycare center. So they kind of pinned it on on Sullivan because of the fact that he had a fight with his boss, got heated, things were said, he kind of left, and then hours later, the kid ended up getting killed. Back when I wrote the story in uh, in 2006, triggered from the fact that I saw something on the news about this stupid asshole who fucking had a curse on the show or no? Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Say whatever you want. Okay. <laughs> um, so he fucking killed like a bunch of kids in in um in a school. It was in Pennsylvania, I believe, at the time. And um and whatever reason, when I saw it on the news, I was just I was just really taken with it. And I was like, what the hell is wrong with this? And uh, and this is after stuff like nine eleven and everything else. And I mean, I'm, I'm originally from New York, so so nine eleven was like a huge event in my life. I was a senior in high school at the time, and um. Thinking of going to school in Toronto, and that completely uh, sidetracked my whole life from it. I was like, I didn't really get plan, I didn't do any of that. I just really was shell shocked by it. Yeah, I can only and um, huh? yeah, and uh, so so seeing this, I mean, I don't know why it really just took me over, but it was one of those things that was just a, such a weird act of why the hell would someone just go and kill a kid? So I I kind of just took it out as 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 an artist, and I just kind of put it into a story of of creating a character like the warden in, in the chair, who sort of exists outside of the law and, and, and has that kind of ability to be in a prison system where he's with, like, some of the earth, like, all these death row inmates, these, like, vicious killers, and he pretty much, it's, like, it's free reign to do whatever he wants to do with them. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people out there, if they've been through something, you know, you'll hear people that can just have five minutes with this guy, you know, what they would do. And in a way, the warden kind of is that person. So, in some ways, the warden, he's psychotic, he's sadistic, he definitely enjoys doing what he's doing. But at the same time, it's like, is he really a bad guy? Because he's not running around, you know. Right, just punishing the people that are the worst of humanity. Yeah, exactly. And in a way, you know, no one's really going to give a crap anyway. So, um, three times he gets gets away with it. So the, the situation in the book, though, is that this guy, Richard Sullivan, is an innocent guy. So he has to figure out a way to avoid what's going to happen to him. Because he's seeing everybody in the prison kind of just tortured, getting their legs chopped off, getting sliced in half, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, it's gruesome. What what I have read of the story so far was very interesting. There's an interesting cast of really sadistic, evil motherfuckers living in that one little cell block. And I like the idea of them getting five minutes to interact with each other you know, every month, was it every month? I think it's every week. I think every week they get like 15 minutes and like the, the, the cell floors are all like electrified anyway. So even if there's a fight that breaks out, they just put the switch and everybody kind of gets stopped. So it's an interesting, it's just an idea to see how those people create their own community 
even within such a desolate place. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, if uh, if you're in that kind of an environment, I guess you end up clinging to whatever that you can find a, a, a kinship with. And um, and Sullivan, he connects with one character called uh, called Bones that is put in the prison because um because he pretty much didn't want to like, kill a bunch of kids in a war. So he, he went against his orders. Um, he was tried and convicted for for cowardice, which is, which is actually punishable by death, and he got put in death row. So Sullivan kind of connects with him because he views this guy as like, you know, what he did really wasn't that bad, and he didn't want to kill a bunch of kids, even though stuff happened that led to other people's death. But something happens to, to Bones that basically makes Sullivan like lose his shit. So he, he kind of flips out, and from then the, the story goes on, and uh, and Sullivan starts to kind of fight back within the prison, but he starts to lose his grip on his own sanity and process. And I love it. It's dark. <laughs> it's my kind of book. It's, it's the kind of thing that uh, it's, it's even hard to, to talk about it sometimes because um, there's so much stuff that happens that it's got a lot of roots with um, real-life stuff that happens. I mean, there's, there's been cases, uh, it's called death row phenomenon, because I did a lot of research when I wrote the book, and um, someone that's, that's in that solitary environment that spends a lot of time um, just on death row, uh, they get, their mental deterioration is ridiculous of what happens to them. I mean, um, and now, in, in, a, in a way, it's one of those things of like, who really cares? Because some of these people are complete animals. And then in the other way that you look at it, is that there have been a lot of people, though, that are innocent, that have put on death row, that have been executed, that were pretty much just strung up and, and they look for someone to take and they put them on there instead of getting the real person that actually did it. Kind of like because it's a double-edged sword. Because now you got the actual person running around, still kind of doing whatever they're doing, and you got this guy who's sitting in there, rotting away, that never actually did anything. So that's what phenomenon pretty much, you get hallucinations, You your whole mental outlook just like degrades, you become very animal-like. It's kind of like my job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you get like light sensitivity and stuff like that. You, you, you know, like all this stuff. And, and if anything, people being in jail, let's say they put someone in jail for like 30 years and then they get out on parole. It's kind of like that Shawshank Redemption thing where now what are you going to do? You don't even know the world anymore. So if you get out, it's, it's like imagine everything that's changed in the past 30 years. I mean, I don't even know how someone would deal with half of the stuff we have today. So it's like that whole kind of aspect of, of life just is completely different. Yeah, I've never been to prison. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> but uh, the re- I understand the reference to Shawshank. I know exactly what you mean. Getting out and everything has changed. You don't know what to do. And your whole life was inside, you know, inside the prison. Uh, yeah. I have several questions. I don't know where to start. The book is going to be a movie, too, correct? Yeah, yeah. Um, we've actually got a Kickstarter up for it right now. It's doing pretty good. I mean, we got like 23 days left. It's almost at 22,000. Um, we're looking to raise 300,000, so we got a long way to go still. But, you know, Kickstarter is weird. I mean, all it takes is, is one thing to kind of make it get exposure, and then all of a sudden you hit your goal. So it's just a weird process with Kickstarter, but we definitely uh, we've got a great task together for the film. So. Yeah, so the cast, uh, uh, Brian Thompson? Yeah, Brian Thompson. He's going to be uh, Richard Sullivan. That's freaking awesome. I love that guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, man, like, I couldn't believe it. It's actually a really weird story of how we even got him. We kind of badgered him to death on Twitter. Uh, we, I basically just kind of put up pictures of him and uh, Richard Sullivan side by side. And I was like, you know, we're making a movie. We got, you know, Eric Roberts already and all these other people. And, you know, I really want you to have a look at, at the script because not only do you look like this guy but you're a great actor so you could definitely pull it off and I think that's after our sixth or seventh week he was finally just like you know what send me the script I want to read it and uh, so so we did that and then um, I, I think like three hours after getting a his agent he uh, got a call back saying that he wants to be a part of it so wow. that was that was surreal that's freaking awesome now the guy you got playing the warden uh, Bill I think his name is Bill Oberst. Am I saying that right? Junior or something like that? Yeah, yeah. Bill, uh, Bill Oberst Jr. Um, he's been in like a hundred films or something. He's like an indie horror icon. Um, yeah. He's going to be the warden. He did a, he did a great job on the teaser trailer. I don't know if you saw that. No. Yeah, you guys, you definitely got to take a look at the, uh, at the teaser trailer. It's on the Kickstarter or you can find it on uh, YouTube all over like, like Twitter probably. Um, at Peter Cinetti. I definitely um, will do that. My wife even mentioned this to me about the book and the movie uh, a couple of days ago, I think. Uh, so she was aware of it. 
Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, she's, uh, she likes these kind of books and these kind of movies, too, so she's definitely kind of pumped up about it as well. What I read of the graphic novel was really impressive. I, I, I love that kind of dark, gritty exploration of human emotion and, and human survivalism in such a dark place. I feel like I'm with him. I'm like, I'm right there with him. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> and I'm, now that I know that the whole thing's up there, I'm definitely going to go check it out sometime tonight after I get done editing this. Um, but the Kickstarter seems really cool. I think it's cool that you – did you do the books through Kickstarter as well? No, um, weird, because I actually – I made this other book called Spectrum back in, like, 2005, 2006, because I was kind of getting done with college. And um, that book sucked. <laughs> that book, uh, I wouldn't even take it today um, as a publisher now, my own company. <laughs> so, so that was awful. And after doing that, I did two issues and canceled it. And I was like, I'm not doing this. This is just sad. So um, I kind of just started to, to do things, um, kind of getting together people to be a part of Alterna, uh, which was a label I came up with just for myself, part of my own stuff. But then other people were like, oh, hey, you know, you take a look at my work and this and that. And I'm like, I don't know. It's not really a publisher company. I saw so much work and so many stories from people being like, you know, image rejected me, you know, Dark Horse that I was craft, all these companies that, that didn't like their work. But I'm looking at it and I'm like, this stuff is great. I, I don't know what this and, and a lot of those books have been really successful at Alterna. So I don't know. I mean, their losses are games. But um, the chair actually came out uh, the second year that Alterna was around. Uh, How long ago? It was back then. It was like 2006, 2007. And uh, we did that the old-fashioned way of just kind of publishing our own, our own books and things out there. Did you guys do primarily digital books, or did you also do um, we, we did primarily print books, and now we kind of do 50-50. Um, that's the way that the trend has been going. Everybody seems to be reading digital stuff now, and uh, comicology makes it great with, uh, with reading comics on, on your phone or on a tablet, and it's pretty cool. Um, Several of the people that have books within the internal label contacted me to read the books ahead of time and write reviews and whatnot. And everything that I read, I really enjoyed. I think you're doing a great job picking people to put in here. Oh, well, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, we got a lot of great books there. I mean, it's, it's really been crazy dealing with, um, with so many talented people. I've been, I've been really grateful to, to kind of be around all that for the past couple of years. So I'm just glad that, that we can get these books out there. I need to pick some stuff up, get it to you, so I can get it signed. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, get, get a Kickstarter reward. There's tons of signed stuff on there. Gosh. We'll definitely do that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, when I, uh, when I put the episode up, I'll definitely be adding the link to Kickstarter for the movie and uh, retweeting it, and hopefully our listeners will go check it out. Yeah, we'll do everything to help you out. We'll, you know, we'll tweet and everything, whatnot. Well, I have to say, you're, you're a phenomenal artist. I see you doing your art giveaways and stuff on Twitter all the time, and every single thing I've seen you do, I've been very impressed by. Yeah, I mean, uh, for the most part, um, I've been drawing for, for as long as I can remember, but as far as really getting people's attention with design, it's only really been happening about past year or so since uh, you know, Twitter. Twitter has just been kind of phenomenal as far as uh, networking and reaching out to people. Uh, way more than uh, Facebook, I find. Yeah, uh, I agree. Twitter is the best marketing tool ever. Yeah, there seems to be less of a, a barrier from on Twitter. I know you're pretty busy with the chair and everything going on and that kind of stuff. Uh, I don't know if you've attended any. Will you be attending any cons? I I used to do so many times. Um, I haven't done one in like two years or so. Just between uh, table cost, travel, and everything else so much. We're doing a lot, actually, this year. Yeah. <laughs> um, we just got done doing Comic Palooza a couple weeks ago. We coverage for that. And we just found out that we were approved for coverage passes at Houston Con, which is going to be August 8th through 10th. And then Alamo City Comic Con, which is going to be in San Antonio in September. It's the 26th through the 28th. Uh, yeah, the 26th through the 28th. That is correct. So for all of our listeners out there who want to meet us and get the chance to do so at Comic Palooza, you got two more chances. That <laughs> <laughs> <No>, we know. <laughs> you guys, um, do you guys go to Baltimore Comic Con at all? We have not traveled that far, but we'd love to. <laughs> yeah, that tends to be a, uh, a show that a lot of our uh, alternative communities do. Who's Baltimore Comic Con? I think most of the guys are on uh, East Coast. Only like two or three guys are left. Maybe we can make it up there sometime. Man, yeah. So you put in Albany, Baltimore. <laughs> Niagara. Where, where else are we going, man? The East Coast Swing? <laughs> Jersey? <laughs> we'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to both be unemployed. This is going to happen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, we got to break away from the prison, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> talk, to the, talk to the warden. Well, I'm, let us go. well I'm innocent. I don't know about you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can just serenade 30 people all the way up. I get free. I get free. 
<laughs> cool. Was well, there anything else that you wanted to highlight specifically, Peter? Um, I, I mean, I, I talked about everything pretty much. So anything that you guys can think of. Hmm, let me think. Of. Had a bunch, but the traffic wore me out. <laughs> yeah, we, we were in oh, the man. cars for like two hours trying to get here. For your audience, we got some interesting people in the, in the film that are that have comic backgrounds, if you guys want to hear about that. Sure. Eric Roberts is also, right? Yeah, yeah, we got Eric Roberts, yep. That's cool. I mean, he was in, he was in obviously, the, the Dark Knight that everyone kind of knows about him from that, too, other than having such a huge career. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been in tons of things. But um, we've also got, uh, are you guys uh, Justice League fans, like the animated series? Yeah. Yeah, we've got um, Susan Eisenberg, who's the voice of Wonder Woman. She's going to be in the film. Okay. And um, Ken Schreiner, who uh, is the voice of Green Arrow on the show. He's going to be in the film as well. You can get Stephen Amell? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hmm? You couldn't get Stephen Amell? <laughs> well, I think we've uh, we've tried with a lot of people, but um, so many people are busy. I mean, at one point, we got in touch with Kevin Conroy, and um, and he was like, you know, I'd love to do it, but I've got so much going on. Yeah, everybody so, seems like they're so busy nowadays. So much yeah, yeah. And then before we knew about uh, Mark Hamill being in the new Star Wars film, we got in touch with him, too, and uh, it was the same thing. I mean, he's already doing a ton of, of voice work on a lot of this stuff. But it was, it was nice, though, to at least get um, some word back from them. It was kind of cool. Yeah, it's always nice when people respond. Like, the worst thing is when you send something out there to them and, and never hear back. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I mean, for the most part, I figure, well, okay, that's just how it's going to be a lot of the time. You know, they probably have whatever going on. Or, or they look at it and they go, well, who the hell is this guy? I don't know who he is. But, um, you know, it's really it's really nice, though, that someone will get back to you. And, and even if it's a rejection and it's a polite no. And, you know, kind of thing. Yeah, I'm looking at your cast right now. That's pretty cool. So I've seen some of these people before in other films. It's just, uh, yeah, we got like a ridiculous amount of people. I mean, we got uh, Naomi Grossman, who was in American Horror Story Asylum. Uh, yeah. Pepper. Yeah. As the mother. Um, <laughs> yeah. Jack Galligan, Ruth Billy, and Gremlins, and Gremlins 2. Oh, my gosh. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. We got uh, Noah Hathaway, who was a Treyu in Never Ending Story. Oh, no, <laughs> oh, no way. That's ridiculous. <laughs> oh, there he is. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's one after the other on on the cast. It's insane. Will the nothing get him this time? <laughs> Can a nothing get him? Falcor's gonna save him. Oh my gosh! <laughs> that should be one of our rewards, right? A Falcor ride. Yeah, yeah. Wait, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> We'd probably get the Kickstarter film tomorrow if we could do that. <laughs> I would, I could, I would contribute all the money. <laughs> we could, we could Photoshop that? you with Falcor. Here comes the money. Bribe <laughs> <laughs> away. Bribe away. That's all I can say. That is so cool. That is cool. Well, there are tons of uh, tons of signed things on there. So, I mean, you get a signed autograph from Noah Hathaway. It's pretty much like, you know, being with Falcor vicariously, you know? <laughs> the guy rode in Falcor's back. I know, right? I didn't hurry him. I got to go hit the get, get Kickstarter here and send some money. <laughs> get some stuff here. Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah, you'll be seeing my name on there soon. <laughs> <laughs> then my wife will take my wallet away. <laughs> What's this donation? <laughs> it's for the chair. Just tell, just tell her, look, you know, might, I might have just spent $10,000, but I only lose it if the Kickstarter gets filled. Yeah. And I get to write on Falcor. You don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. My wife right now is at home going, what the hell? <laughs> if I drop ten grand, i am I'm dead. Because first of all, I don't work. <laughs> you know, if, if I donated quite a bit of money, can I get a bit part somewhere? <laughs> Actually, there is a a bit part. There's a speaking uh, role. There's one of them right now. The one line. It's in the scene with Susan Eisenberg and um, Ken Schreiner and Brian Thompson and a couple others. And um, one line, you, you hand her uh, a, a folder of paperwork. And you're like, here you go. Here's your file assistant. That's, that's the one line. Oh, I thought you were going to say something like... That's on there. It's, it's like $8,000. It's $8,000, but it's on there. Oh. I thought I'd get to say something like, I'm sick and tired of these MF and freaking crooks. <laughs> Go on, Samuel. <laughs> I mean, you get, you get a producer credit. You get in the film. I mean, you know, it's all sort of, you know, crazy stuff. For AG. You know, being like, oh, yep, I was in a movie. <laughs> That's right. I, I punked Daryl. I had a line, Daryl. <laughs> One of coworkers was in RoboCop two for it's an extra for six seconds. <laughs> His car got more screen time than he did. <laughs> you know, the thing about that is that you know, if you're if you're an aspiring actor or actress, that's a pretty cool reward too, because you get to have set um, set time with, with everybody. So you get to kind of network with everybody and, and you know, really kind of build some connections towards your business. So. 
it might seem like a steep reward and stuff like that, but I mean, you get loaded up with, with pretty much everything you've given away when you're a starter, and then you get that whole roll and everything. It's kind of cool. Yeah, that is pretty cool. I, didn't I mean, you know, or you, could, or you could go buy a car, but you know, <laughs> this one or the other. Minions. I need eight thousand dollars ASAP. My minions, start donating. <laughs> go to the bank and you know get a loan, and then when they ask you, you'll be like, okay, take the next person, please. Got to get a lien on my house. <laughs> I need G's right now. <laughs> if you don't understand, there's only twenty days left on this Kickstarter. Eight thousand dollars is nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Man, that's awesome. But yeah, I mean, we got a lot of a lot of cool stuff on there. I think I think there's a nine hundred dollar one that's pet visit, so you get to spend at least a day on the set. You don't get a part of the film, but it's kind of cool. I think he thinks we got money. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking to a broke. Hey, well, hey, you know what? Maybe there's someone listening that does, and they're interested. So you never know. Hey, mattress Mac, I need eight G's. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Hey, what's that guy? Oh, get you a metal? chair. Do <laughs> <laughs> the scrap metal guy, right? <laughs> That's not funny. <laughs> oh man. Okay, so this book is this book is awesome. As like we read some of it already, so we definitely get the whole thing. That's freaking cool. I can't wait for the movie. I will. We will do everything we can to help you out. Short of eight thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it sounds so amazing, and it, it's just yeah, it's I'll be one of the first in line when it comes out. Midnight showing? Sure. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. I mean, even honestly, even if we can just get more backers on board, you know, all that stuff counts. That like, in, in the worst case scenario that we don't hit the goal, we can take this to private investors and be like, hey, look, we got like 500 backers. Let's say, you know, that's that's within a short amount of time. That's impressive. You know, yeah. to get that many people on board for something that's not really, you know, it's not Batman, it's not Marvel's Avengers, small indie film. And, um, you know, that that helps. So anybody that can, you know, even just pledge five bucks, you know, ten bucks, twenty-five bucks gets you a DVD. You know, you get, you get some pretty cool stuff and you get to be a part of making a film. So that's kind of kind of an awesome thing. Not many uh, really say that. The last guys that we had on for a Kickstarter, both, actually, the last two people that we've had on for a Kickstarter both met their goals. That's right. So, uh... I think we got a good streak going here, and hopefully we can help you do the same. their goals? <laughs> Those were much lower than yours, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but they still got there, and that's the point. <laughs> and I was tweeting. I was calling in favors. <laughs> so so you tell me one of them was not LeVar Burton? No. <laughs> <laughs> reading Rainbow. <laughs> Take a look. It's in a book. A reading rainbow. <laughs> you know what I'd love to see from that? And I didn't read it fully. I did back the, the thing, but I didn't really read every single uh, line. But it'd be awesome if they're actually going to do, like, video app reviews of, like, the kids doing, like, a book review. Or, like, doing it with, like, a phone or a tablet or whatever. And being like, I love this book. So it's just, like, just like they did on the show. Like, mm-hmm. that was, like, one of the funniest parts of the show. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, it would be. You know, and obviously not giving free reign to it because more knows what people are going to put up on the internet if you do that. But, uh, you know, get someone in there who's going to look through all the reviews that, okay, this is actually a book review and we'll post it up. Because that'd be kind of cool. I mean, nothing tells books like people actually talking about it. So I'm sure whatever they do with that, it's going to be excellent. I mean, the show was always great yeah. when I was a kid. I'm sure it will be again. Yeah. Because well, I, I was slightly disappointed that it's not going to be a show again, that it's just going to be like an app. And it's to kind of get it into classrooms and stuff. I was really looking forward to actually going on uh, on, on TV again. But I mean, anything that gets that gets kids interested in reading. Is good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my wife is a school teacher. She'll agree with you on that. <laughs> and you need to read. <laughs> I think I think schools should just be peddling comic books. That's nice. <laughs> kids That's funny though, because I actually I actually got in touch with Reading Rainbow about doing some comic stuff with Alterna. So I guess we'll see. Fingers crossed, right? Oh, that'd be that cool. Be really yeah. Cool, man. Because we got a bunch of all ages books. We got a, a couple of great books for kids. So, I mean, what's, what's better than you know, comics for kids? I mean, they love them. Mm-hmm. Free comics, they that every year. So, yeah, my kids are uh, really, really taking after comics now. I mean, they watch me buy a bunch of them. They kind of look, never really got into it. Then we did Comic Palooza, and they came around, and oh man, they just they're going crazy now. They they want to read so much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, nothing makes, makes kids want to read more than stuff like that. And, and that stuff, I mean, there's, there's so many comics out there that, that they're well-written and they got awesome concepts in them and, you know, they, they get your imagination going and, you know, I mean, if it wasn't for something like that, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have anything right now. 
what I've got. If it wasn't for comics, then I didn't get into them. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I don't know what I'd be doing right now. You wouldn't be sitting here talking. That's true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All of us, you know? So it's like something as crazy as that. And then when you boil it down too, and even in terms of, uh, what it's done for the, for the world in terms of economy and, and giving jobs and providing income to people, it's, it's broadened its horizons now into being like a really huge industry. So it's not just, you know, 10 cents books anymore back in the 1930s. Yeah. The world's definitely a better place with comics in it. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess we should move on to our next segment. Okay. Unfortunately, I guess it's my week. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing uh, Tell Me a Funny Story. Okay. But I don't have a funny story to tell. <laughs> what is it? Tell me a sad story? All right. So. A tragic story. I'm going to tell a few small stories. Okay. Uh, prior to the job that I have now. All right. Have a funny collection of short stories? Exactly. Sure. <laughs> prior to the job that I have now, I worked as an assistant manager at a pawn shop. Mm-hmm. Which I'm sure, as you can imagine, was filled with interesting interactions with all kinds of unusual and interesting people. Hmm. Day in and day out. Gotcha. So somebody's been in prison? <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm just going to highlight a few of the uh, funnier moments that happened at that job. Okay. Um, number one, I saw a guy get shot. <laughs> <laughs> that part in particular was not that funny, but uh, what happened afterwards was uh, he got shot at the bus stop way out. <laughs> we, we, were, we were inside of a shopping center, and there was probably a good two or 300 yards to where the bus stop was, and okay. the guy got shot. Okay. And he got shot, like, in the side. Did you call the police? No. I mean, <laughs> he came wandering into the store, and he was dripping blood. He was like, hey, guys. But you had to buzz him in. No, no, it's open. It's just open oh. like that. Okay. Because it was a chain. It was a chain pawn shop. It oh. wasn't, like, one of those small mom-and-pop ones. Okay. And he's like, hey, guys, can you call me a cab? And we were like, uh... Okay, <laughs> are you sure you don't want to call an ambulance? He's like, no, no, just... Just call me a cab. I'm just going to sit down right over here. Okay, you a cab. <laughs> <laughs> so we did. We called him a cab, and he just sat there and sat there, and he ended he's up... bleeding. Yeah, he was bleeding the whole time. He ended up standing up, and a little pool of blood had gathered where he was sitting. And he's like, thanks, guys. Went and got in his cab and drove away. <laughs> what the hell, man? I got shot. <laughs> we, never, <laughs> we never got robbed or anything, but uh, that happened. That was the only real violent that I saw the only real violence that I saw working at that job. Um, there's a lot of theft and stuff that happened. Uh, my boss, the thief? no, my oh. boss was, was a huge fan of local music. Okay. And he had met a bunch of different, uh, rappers and R and B people nice. and gotten their CDs and they'd signed them for him, you know, and custom done them and whatever. <clears throat> and he was friends with a lot of those people. Well, one day when he had a car parked outside of the, the place, Somebody broke in and stole his box of CDs, and right. along, along with a bunch of other stuff out of his car. In he front was, of your place? Right, right in front of the business. Okay. He was so pissed. He was angry for like a week. Uh-huh. He was like, I can't believe somebody broke into my fucking car. And Actually, no, I take that back. It didn't happen right in front of the job. It happened at his apartment, Okay. which was pretty far from the job. But a, a week and a half later, somebody came into the store with a box full of CDs mm-hmm. and was like, hey, I want to sell these. And I started looking through them, and, and they were all scratched up and none of them were like anything that I recognized. It was all local artists. <laughs> uh-huh. And I was like, Hey Eric, you want to take any of this stuff? And he came over and started looking. He's like, Oh man. He's like, this is really good music. I used to have this stuff. And he's like, yeah, I'll, t- I'll buy this one for me. And he starts setting them aside. He's making himself a little pile of like his favorites. Uh-huh. And then he finds one that says, uh, to Eric from so-and-so. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, what the hell is my stuff? <laughs> The guy robbed the store? The guy that, that broke into his car, like, 20 miles away from the pawn shop, brought the stuff to the pawn shop where my boss worked, and then tried to sell us back his CDs. It just so happened that while he was there, one of our regular customers, who was a cop, came in the store, mm-hmm. and Eric flagged her down and said, hey, arrest this guy. He stole my CDs. And the guy was like, no, no, I didn't steal anything. He's like, I, I bought this off a guy on the side of the road for $5. And they're like, well, why would you bring it here? He said, well, there's a business card inside of it. Had had this pawn shop, and I figured this would be a good place to come sell them. Because wow. it was one of Eric's business cards. Wow. <laughs> America's dumbest criminals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't all that bright. Um, Man. So that happened. Uh, another thing that happened, 
one day we were having a uh, tent sale, which is basically like a big festival kind of thing. We set up a tent outside and do hot dogs and games for the kids and stuff. Huzzah! And, and sell <laughs> and sell all kinds of stuff for cheaper prices inside the store. Because, I mean, we have TVs and computers and stuff, and people are always coming for whatever. What kids play games at a poncho? And I ask question. <laughs> the poor kids. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. Fair enough. So, uh... This woman comes in, and she's a fairly regular customer. I happen to know that she's a lesbian. Okay. And uh, How do you know this? Well, because I've seen her in there with her partner several times. Okay. And they're holding hands and kissing and stuff. Uh-huh. So she comes in. She's like, I want to pawn my DVD player. Okay. I said, okay. So we have to test everything before we can take it. Yeah. And basically, there's like a little audio-video jack thing right in front of the cash register. Okay. So you plug it in and then put a blank, put a DVD in there and hit play. And it'll show up on the TV over your shoulder, and it'll show up on the TVs against the wall. Well, she came, she handed it to me, I plugged it up, and I turned around and walked over to where the DVDs are to try to find one that wasn't completely scratched and butchered because I had really careless employees Okay. to come back and test the thing. All right. Well, it powered on, uh-huh. and there was a lesbian porno movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. In the DVD player. So... That's going on on the TV behind me and on all, like, 27 of the TVs we have against the wall. <laughs> and there's kids in the store. <laughs> there's parents. Nice job, man. Nice job. I had no idea. Like, I was completely oblivious because my back was to all of it. And then I turned around and I was like, whoa! <laughs> there was no sound? No, because uh, no sound came through the thing. It was just the uh, video. Nice. Right. Special education. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so I got in a little bit of trouble for that, but... A know. little? <laughs> yeah. yeah. What, what can you do? Uh, did you <laughs> give her back a DVD? I did. <laughs> Thank God it wasn't a homemade one. Yeah, that, that, that's way more awesome. No, I gave her back her DVD and we took the DVD player. So Woo. Yeah, she, she got her $12 or whatever. <laughs> and went on her way. That's interesting. That was, that was also the same day that I got electrocuted at that job. <laughs> what are you doing, man? We had these uh, really old, like 1982 tube televisions. Okay. Uh, but they were like the big ones, like 36-inch ones, the heavy-duty ones. Right, yeah, yeah. I've carried one of those before. <laughs> I was adjusting one on this end cap. Adjusting, okay. And uh, <laughs> it had a short in it, and it was like messing up the circuitry for the electricity. Anyways, I ended up grabbing the, the shelf right above the TV and trying to lift it up so I could move the, the TV a little bit. Uh-huh. And when I grabbed it, it completed the circuit. <laughs> and I got electrocuted. <laughs> and... There's all this stuff going on around me, but I was just sitting there like, like shaking, <laughs> like it was like Ernest gets electrocuted from the old movies. I thought you were trying to be Jamie Foxx. I, I couldn't move, like I was completely like stuck in place. And uh, my boss was looking at me, he's like, "Justin, you all right?" And I was like, <laughs> "Electro." And he pushed me and like got me off of it. And oh my god, my muscles and my hands and my arms have never hurt so bad as as they did after getting electrocuted. It was a little bold. A little jolt of lightning. It was a little more than a little jolt. <laughs> it was a little zap. <laughs> you're like, ah. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> don't do that, kids. <laughs> Getting electrocuted is uh, not pleasant. So let me get this straight. <laughs> you saw someone get shot. Someone robbed your boss and tried to sell this stuff at the, at the store. You educated the children of the world about lesbian porn. <laughs> and then you had an electrifying experience. <laughs> Why did you ever quit that place? <laughs> I don't know, because now I work in an office. <laughs> it's a little safer where I'm at. <laughs> it's more weirdos, though. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, my gosh. Huh. I, I, I had asked Peter if uh, he had a funny story. He said he might. So do, you, uh, do you have one for us today, Peter? Honestly, I'm, I'm drawing a blank. I'm drawing a complete blank. Can't compete with your electrocution. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't, I can't follow that. That's that's crazy. Hello, kids. <laughs> 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 that was some hot dog because you're born. <laughs> <laughs> Pointers, weirds. <laughs> they weren't they weren't into that. Remember, they were lesbians. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got lesbian jokes in here today, huh? Here's your taco salad. Taco salad, everybody. <laughs> what is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> I was racking my brain all day trying to figure out a funny story, and I just decided to tell a bunch of different ones about the pawn shop. That's, that's pretty interesting. Was it funny? Was it good? It was pretty fucking funny. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, then that's, that's it for this segment of Tell Me a Funny Story. Our guest said nothing. <laughs>
He's <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm on a show with a bunch of freaking weirdos here. <laughs> I'm the guy writing the book about crazy people in a prison. Your next book should be about people at a pawn shop. <laughs> Well, we got enough shows about that, I think, right? That's right. Yeah, but <laughs> they don't really highlight the weirdos. They just kind of highlight their goods. But there's that one pawn star, not pawn star. I don't know what it is. The boy was watching it the other day. Some woman in there, and they got this big black guy bouncer. And these people always crazy. And he's like grabbing people and throwing them out the door. Y'all got to leave. That's hardcore pawn, right? That one. Yeah, that was hardcore pond. Yeah, that, that's I like that. He's like, y'all got to go. <laughs> Grabbing people out that's, that's, that's ridiculous. <laughs> I can't leave until I get my $15 of that chainsaw all work again. <laughs> it was hilarious. Just grab both those guys and just throw them out. <laughs> I saw some crazy things, man. I mean, <sighs> you know, we, we have people come in and, and like right after Hurricane Katrina happened and they, they got their FEMA money, their emergency money, like their lives back together. Yeah, we're going to buy stuff. They'd be, they be like, I need to buy $1,200 worth of gold. They'd be like, really? <laughs> you, you racist bastard. You know, like, I, I got to look good before I go to the casino. <laughs> yeah, I live on a street on 59, but... <laughs> That's horrible, man. That's yeah, horrible. I saw some weird stuff at that job. I imagine so. Wow. Man. <laughs> well, the next thing I want to do okay. is something oh. a little bit different. It's a new segment. Uh, we haven't tried this before, but Eric. Eric, Eric who? Eric Lopez, your cousin. I'm going to kill that guy. <laughs> suggested that a trivia section might be kind of interesting, especially if it's about obscure comic-related stuff. So we're going to play a little game. There's no The points don't really matter, but I'm going to ask everybody what they think, and then we'll see if you guys are right. Obscure questions about comic book characters. Are you game for this, Peter? Yeah, sure, why not? Uh-huh. Okay, so uh, the first one. Uh-huh. Lois Lane once used a machine that Superman had created in order to turn black for a day. She did this so that she would be able to get interviews from the black communities and ended up learning important lessons about racism. Is that true or false? Oh, come on, that has to be false. No, it's true. <laughs> that, 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 that's got to be true. It's true. Are you freaking, what is this? <laughs> what is this? Totally true. It's completely you, true. Are you kidding me? I know that. I actually know that. You, bunch of, you went with the race car first? <laughs> Well, these are all kind of. Wait, wait, hold on. So, so what? This is what? What was that movie where the guy takes the pills to become black? What was that movie? Uh, he gets the scholarship, but they only give it to minorities, so he has to take these pills to turn. Oh, isn't that isn't that Soul Man or something? I can't remember what it was now. Oh my! That one knows what it is. Black and Soul Man, yeah, Soul Man. Yeah, yeah. Is that Soul Man? Yeah. Oh yeah, my gosh. <laughs> That's horrible. <laughs> I know. Did you, did yeah, you, I mean, there, there's like covers in the 40s with like Superman and Batman telling you to go slap a jab. Yeah. So there's been a lot of stuff. There's a lot of off-color, non-PC things <laughs> that happened back in the day. See, you here, you thought I was going to be the racist guy. I'm and here. So, I'm being all over PC right here. <laughs> I'm referencing them in this trivia section because they're funny. All right, so I'm wrong. All right, so number two. Mm-hmm. For a short while, Steve Rogers frequently portrayed was was frequently portrayed as visiting brothels overseas. He even had a favorite gal named Darcy. Uh, I'm going to say true. Oh, no, no, no. That's, I'm gonna... true. What do you say, Heather? I say true. Nope. That was false. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Blasphemy. <laughs> Blasphemy about the million dollar man. <laughs> what about Oscar Goldman? I know he probably had something on the side. <laughs> All right. Number three. Uh, in response to Captain America, China created a comic book called Captain China. Who is a communist superhero that mirrors Captain America? He even uses a metal shield with a communist logo on it. I'll say true. Heather? Yeah, I'll say true. I think false. It's true. Ha <laughs> <laughs> He has a red and yellow color scheme, and he's got a shield with the the hammer and sickle on it. That's <laughs> horrible. That's pretty fucked up. Man. All right, how about this one? A young Peter Parker was once shown a pornographic magazine and then almost molested by an elder friend of Aunt May's named Skip. Dude, that has to be false. That, that's not true. That's gotta be false. Yeah. False. That was true. <laughs> what? what? Oh, really? Oh, my God. That was true. What the hell? Wait, I need to know more about this. <laughs> that's horrible. Is this a free comic code? I, I saw the clip of the comic, and it's basically... This guy named Skip who pulls down a box full of adult magazines and he hands one to Peter Parker <clears throat> as a young boy. It's like Peter when he's a teenager. And he's like, hey, how does that mag- magazine make you feel? And Peter's like, I, I don't really know. And he's like, well, do you think we can try to reenact some of the scenes from that magazine? And Peter's like, that's like that Joke episode. 
Yeah, Peter's like, uh, no. <laughs> Did Peter have his spider abilities yet? No. Oh. This was when he was a younger boy. Oh, my goodness. <clears throat> what? That's crazy, right? That's insane. <clears throat> I'm leaving now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Tony Stark once created an anti-alcoholism group called Avenging Alcoholism. <laughs> <laughs> that's so stupid. I'm going to go with yes, that's true. <laughs> no. Uh, I'll say no. You're wrong, Miguel. Damn it, man. <laughs> I made that wrong. <laughs> I don't like you anymore. I hate trivia. All right, you're going to like this one. Uh, one time Superboy was dragged beneath the sea and transformed by red sun energies. He emerged as Super Merman. Oh, hell yes. True. <laughs> yeah, that's true. true. Yeah, that has to be true. That one's true. I saw pictures from that book, too. It looked hilarious. Awesome. <laughs> that's crazy. All right. DC Comics used to have a superhero named the Gay Ghost, whose power was the ability to possess the bodies of young Americans and use them to fight crime. He was also excessively <laughs> happy. <laughs> false, man. False. Come on. I'm going to say true. That's going to be false. It's true. <laughs> what? I got it right. The Gay Ghost. It was one of their first superheroes. Gay isn't happy. Yeah. Okay. The Gay Ghost. Like, That's a really bad concept. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> this was way before people even considered politically correctness. Now, I, I guess, man. Didn't they have a? Didn't Eric also uh, tweet into us that there was a guy who who did cocaine? Yeah. <laughs> did super, he get superpowers from doing cocaine. His name was like Captain Snowball or yeah. something. Yeah, <laughs> on the, isn't that on Dave Chappelle? <laughs> I was on the Chappelle show. Yeah, because that's what Mike Zasu said. That's not a guy to look up to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a role model than that. <laughs> I do cocaine. <laughs> All right. Uh, Marvel Comics was the first publisher to have a cross-dressing superhero. His slash her name was <laughs> Madame Fatale, and she was a master of disguise. You're laughing too much. That's false. <laughs> no, that's false. It's true. <laughs> what? <laughs> Dude, where are you finding this mess at? He wasn't really a master of disguise. He, he was just a master of dressing like a woman. These are awful concepts for superheroes. It was Mrs. Doubtfire fighting crime. Fighting crime? Wow. Oh my goodness. I'm canceling your segment. <laughs> this is awesome. The original design for Aquaman involved a fin like tail like Ariel from the Little Mermaid had. I want to play against because you know I hate that guy. <laughs> what do you think, Peter? Uh he hung up. <laughs> 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 No, did you say that one was true or false? Oh, yeah, I said true. True. Okay, Heather? I said false. Yeah, I made that one up. <laughs> Dude, that's horrible. You know that would have been funny, though. <laughs> All right, here's the last one. All right. In an effort to include more diversity in their comics, DC decided to explain why black Kryptonians are never seen in their comics. They explain this by saying that all the black Kryptonians live separately on a special island <laughs> because they were all super geniuses. <laughs> true. What did, what did Peter say? He said true. I'm going to go with true. Yeah, well, if it's not true, then I'm like the biggest racist. <laughs> <laughs> you racist bastard. <laughs> so it is true, yes. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> we know you got your sheets over there. <laughs> it wasn't because they were black. It was because they were super geniuses and they had to separate themselves from the general population. So why then when you read the question did you stress black? <laughs> because that's how it was worded in the, the thing that I found. That's horrible. <laughs> Thank you for playing our racial trivia game. <laughs> Till next time, stay black, stay white, or whatever you are. <laughs> I thought it was. I thought those were pretty funny facts. So you actually made some made some good ones up there too. Actually, yeah, threw you <laughs> off a little bit. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, those are ridiculous. Holy cow! So you know, do some research. Look up the gay ghost. <laughs> The gay ghost. <laughs> I'm gonna, yeah. One. I've heard, I've heard the gray ghost from that Batman um, episode, but not the gay ghost. Dude. Oh, I'm, I'm sure. I'm 100%. I did my research. There's actually a character called the gay ghost. Who wrote it and who drew it? You need to pick that up and get it signed. <laughs> Has to be obscure. You have to get that signed. Yeah, that's from like the 40s, I think. Uh, probably worth a ton of money. <laughs> you know, check, check out Captain China. You see him in his <laughs> red and yellow car. Buy the book and give it to Corey. <laughs> and uh you know yeah
Oh my gosh. So was that successful? You thought that was funny? That was kind of funny. It was kind of a little crazy there. You come <laughs> off a little bit racist. In there. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, it was all funny. So we know you're not a racist. <laughs> so you want to talk about the exciting stuff we did? What exciting stuff? We saw the movie finally. We did. We finally saw X-Men Days of Future Past. Have you, have you had a chance to see it yet, Peter? No, I haven't seen it. It was really good. I mean, I'm, I'm a pretty big X-Men fan and you know, typically when I watch these movies, I, I scrutinize them quite a bit. I try not to. I try to just enjoy them for what they are. Yeah. Most of the time, I don't have a problem doing that. But with X-Men specifically, since I've been such a fan for so long, it's hard for me to step away sometimes. I had a lot of problems with the Wolverine movies. I had a lot of problems with the early X-Men movies. I actually really liked First Class. I could do, even though it was so far removed from the comics. But uh, Days of Future Past was really enjoyable. The fight scenes were really well done, just incredible. I liked what they did with the Sentinels. I liked... I even like Hugh Jackman in the movie, which is hard for me to say because I, I really don't like him as Wolverine anymore, but they did a good job with it. The movie was excellent. The movie was great. I loved it. I loved the fight. I loved the death. I loved <laughs> Magneto, Quicksilver. I mean, all these guys are awesome. Of course, the ending was, you know, the, the ending just, oh. And then the sneak ending. Oh, yeah, you know, you know, I love that part. You know, I was stoked when that part came out at the very end. So definitely, if you go see the movie, stay to the end, all the way to the end, to the end of the credits and everything else. They have a little thing at the end, and that just, I'm just... Oh, yeah, they always got something like that. They definitely got to stay past the credits. Yeah. Well, they've already announced that the next X-Men title is going to be called Age of Apocalypse. The Apocalypse. And the <clears throat> post-credit scene kind of leads into that, and it was it was pretty epic. It was pretty awesome. I got goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready for it. And they did a really great job of showcasing just how powerful Magneto is. They did a great job of exposing other mutants who haven't had any kind of spotlight yet, even if it was only for short time. They, they did a really good job with time management in general. Every single important character got about the same amount of screen time. Mm-hmm. Um, and Wolverine, for the most of the movie, was just like riding on an airplane. So <laughs> we didn't have to see too much of him. But yeah. <laughs> did, they, did they fix up any continuity issues the movie's had? They fixed a lot of things. Um they invalidated a lot of things that were wrong with the first three movies. Yeah, they did. I can't go into too much detail because we don't want to spoil it for everybody. But uh, yeah, it's I, I, I didn't see any continuity issues like in the in the story for that contained movie. Like mm-hmm. every, everything was wrapped up nicely and neatly at the end. The, the time travel stuff I didn't think anything was very confusing. It all made a lot of sense. Um, the only thing that I thought was odd was they didn't explain Bishop like at all. Bishop. They just sort of dropped him into the movie. And you watched him kick a lot of ass. That's right. But they never explained how his power works. So for the average person who doesn't know, knows nothing about X-Men, you're sitting there seeing this guy get shot by his teammates with their powers. And, it, you know, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Heather was confused because she didn't know who Bishop was. I mean, I, yeah, for, for a little while. I mean, at, at the, you know, towards the middle of the movie, I figured it out. And, you know, I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Uh, but I'm not the average person either. I'm <laughs> and modest too. <laughs> yeah. I knew who Bishop was. <laughs> but overall, I really enjoyed it. If I was giving it a, a out of five star rating, I'd probably give it a four and a half. We don't do stars. You know this. Two dongs up. That's right. Two dongs up. Go see it right now. Of course, you know he's still uh, Captain America Two is still his favorite movie of the year so far. Yeah, I really enjoyed Captain Two. Did you see that one? No, I've actually I've only seen uh, four two from the last one. I haven't seen Captain America 2 or uh, Spider-Man. Oh, Spider-Man was great. I, I really like Thor 2 also. That's definitely my near the top of my list as far as the superhero movies go, but Cap 2 was just so much better than everything else. And we're anxiously awaiting the Guardians. <laughs> yeah, we're we're anxiously awaiting Guardians. I'm excited Just for that. He's going to go dressed up. He's going to be like a little five-year-old girl. <laughs> 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 OMG, I chose to join this. <laughs> <laughs> you got me. <laughs> a little pansy little girl. <laughs> That's awesome. So, man, you want to tell the world what we're going to be, what we're going to do, who we're going to see? Well, we already kind of announced it earlier in the show, but just to recap, mm-hmm. we're going to be at the Houston Con uh, in Houston. That's for us. <laughs> August 8th through 11th. Uh, we'll be there handing out flyers and doing interviews and everything. So, you know, if you like the show, come up and say hi to us. We'd love to talk to you. Uh, we'll also be at Alamo City Comic Con, September 26th through 28th, doing the exact same thing. With a little twist, though. <laughs> we hope. <laughs> yeah, we, we may be... Uh... Don't say it. Don't jinx it! Okay. Keep it on the download. I'll, We're keep, not it going... on, I'll keep it on the download. But it's just you. <laughs> Bigger than anything we've ever done. So, 
there's also the amazing Houston Con. This is a point of confusion for a lot of people. The Houston Con is August 8th through 11th, and the amazing Houston Con is August 29th through 31st, I think. Mm-hmm. I'll talk about con. <laughs> um, it wind up in the chair. <laughs> the Houston Con is the rebirth, reimagining of the Space City Houston Con that have been around for a long time. And the Amazing Con is basically the same people that run the Amazing Vegas Con and the Amazing Phoenix Con and all the Amazing Cons throughout the U.S. Mm. Um, it's just kind of awkward that they put them both in the same month and they both say Houston Con. <laughs> A lot of people are confused by that, so I wanted to kind of put that out there so people would understand. understand. We're going as press to one and we're just going to go see the other one. Yeah, we'll just show up <laughs> to the other one because there's not a whole lot of people there that I want. Won't have any money. <laughs> <laughs> And we're going to be busy. And just to remind everybody, um, we do have some things we need to acquire before we go to these shows. Uh, we still need another digital recorder. We still need, like, if you enjoyed the sound quality we had on the interviews on the floor at Comic Palooza from the past episodes, uh, we need one more digital recorder so that we can have one for the guests and one for us just to get better sound quality. So that's one more thing we need to pick up. Um, there's a few other odds and ends, like we need a couple more shirts. Uh, we're actually still working on trying to figure out how many shirts we need to order so that we can give them to you people that have requested them. Yeah, a lot of, uh, what do you mean give? Well, <laughs> what does this give, Kimo Sabe? <laughs> tell them. I, no, I tell them. But you could pay for the shirts, whatever. Uh, you can purchase the shirts. Right. If you're still interested in that, go ahead and let me know on Facebook or Twitter or via email. Facebook. I'm still trying to get a uh, tally for how many we would order. I know it's getting kind of crazy. People actually want comic podcast stuff. I'm telling you, pretty soon we wind up selling keychains, selfies. <laughs> I said selfies. I said selfies. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. The sky's the limit, right? I know. We're not there yet. We're not there yet. But uh, just a reminder, if you want to support us, you can do so by going to audibletrial.com slash comical and signing up for your free 30-day account. And if you just want to give us money, you know, just go to our website. Yeah, we have a contribute button. You can give us money directly if you'd rather do that. Uh, anybody that does contribute in any way is going to get access to our bonus episode, which is coming out next month sometime. Mm-hmm. I'm still working on editing all of that together. <laughs> and you'll also get Merman Sings the Blues, his debut oh, album. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, <clears throat> you know, don't forget you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash comical podcast. You can find us on Twitter at, at comical podcast and at comical podcast too. If you see us tweeting anything about the Geeky Award, please retweet it. Please favorite it. we got to let those people know we have a big following. We want to win. <laughs> we still have a chance at winning those. Want to go to Hollywood? That's right. Imagine Horsecles in Hollywood. If we go, he's wearing that helmet. <laughs> <laughs> that hat, you know? The Horsecles in Hollywood. <laughs> Release the horses. <laughs> uh, we still we still need iTunes reviews. We still need Stitcher reviews. Basically, give us a little bit of your time or give us a little bit of your money. Give us a We appreciate it. Immensely. <laughs> yeah, we do because you are our fan. And we're for the people, as you know that. And we'll give back to you too. You know. You know. We're not selfish. No. <laughs> and uh I'll be posting a link to Peter's Kickstarter. That's right. On our website. Straight up, man. The chair. And uh you have anything you want to plug, Peter? Yeah. Uh find us on Kickstarter at the chair. Um it's probably gonna be one of the only things up actually at the film about a chair. I know there's like a Kickstarter right now to do something with a uh kind of the other fair thing. But um, you can look up the chair, uh, horror, that'll lead you right to it. Um, and follow us at the chair horror and follow myself um, at Peter Sinetti. He does a lot of giveaways, so it's definitely worth following him. That's right. Yeah, yeah, I do giveaways like every other day now, I think. Yeah, and he's an incredible artist too, so oh, it's yeah. worth getting in on it. <laughs> I'm telling you people, y'all need to get on this. To my minions, to my minions with money. <laughs> opportunity to be in the movie. You heard him earlier. He said only eight G's. Yeah, that's a little hard for Horsicles, but for you, my rich minions, <laughs> if you want to see Horsicles in the movie, <laughs> then eight G's my way. <laughs> and if, if not, I mean, 50 bucks get to the film, the book, and your name in the end credits. See what so, I'm saying? Maybe we can talk to Peter. Maybe he'll let me wear the head. There you go. <laughs> the white horse head. <laughs> I could be that guy. You know, that guy in prison, that one guy. <laughs> 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 no, not that guy. <laughs> I sure did. Walked right into it. Don't drop the soap. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So let's donate. Let's get this going. The book is amazing. I imagine the movie's going to be totally awesome, totally psyched. <laughs> I'm ready for it. Might get a ride with Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. 
Oh, you Thank know you, it. Peter. We appreciate you coming on and talking to us about everything. And uh, I guess yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. And again, if you want us to do it, I mean, like I said, we'll do our tweeting, whatever we do. Uh, if you ever want to come back on again, uh, get closer afterwards, feel free to come back on. We'll always be glad to have you. Awesome. Yeah, let's spread the word, and then hopefully you got good news the next time we talk. Yeah, that's pretty much it, guys. So uh, keep on laughing, bitches. <laughs>